All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Welcome to the DFO Rundown Podcast with Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger on dailyfaceoff.com. Welcome to episode 243 of the DFO Rundown, brought to you by Botano. 19 plus, please play responsibly. The game starts now with botano.ca. It's a wonderful uh, Thursday. How are you? Welcome to the Rundown. I'm Jason Greger alongside uh, Frank Saravalli, and uh, we will continue on our previews uh, we did the pacific division on monday we will do the metro today but first frank let's recap the board of governors meetings where uh, everybody's giddy with excitement that the salary cap could go up uh four and a half to five million bucks maybe. yeah i would say that that was actually probably the least interesting part of the board of governors meeting or at least the comments that came from it um the salary cap for better or for worse right now is a formula. So yeah. when you see 87 to $88 million, that's actually what the CBA calls for. It calls for a 5% increase once the debt from players to owners is paid off. So 5% on top of 83 and a half gets you to 87.6. So no real new ground broken there. And And by the way, the cap is always a function of negotiation between the NHL and the PA. So there's no, doesn't mean that it will absolutely stay there. It's just that that's the current projection right at this exact moment. Uh, More interesting to me was 
really, when asked about expansion for the NHL going from 32 to 33 or 34 teams, the NHL hasn't opened a formal process to get to that point. All right. But you can tell it's just listening to Gary Bettman. It's not in the so distant future. Yeah. Uh, I'll just I'll just read you a quote. The best answer I can give you is yes, we have continuous expressions of interest from places like Houston, Atlanta, Quebec City, Salt Lake City, but expansion isn't on the agenda. But we're not in a mode to say, okay, if you're interested in expansion, submit your applications and we will evaluate as we have done previously. We aren't there yet. It's just an expression of interest. And he went on to say, okay, so let's say that you have all your stuff together. He said, if someone came in and said, okay, we have a building, it's own market, this is the ownership group, and we'd really like to go, then we would take a look and decide whether or not we were inclined to expand or not. So what I'm reading between the lines on that is none of these other places really have their act together yet to get there. Yes. Yeah, it's not an NHL-ready building in Salt Lake City. It's It, it would need to be reworked. There is no arena yet in suburban Atlanta, which they're working on. And the market size is too small in Quebec City, which is why they already passed on it once. Now that leaves Houston, which checks a lot of the boxes. Owner, NHL arena at the Toyota Center, all those things, big market. Some view Houston as the easy place to place the Arizona Coyotes, if they don't get their act together, which Bettman mentioned, we'll see where they are in February. <laughs> but he also said um, he thinks that the idea of expansion and having to settle what the Coyotes do first, he says uh, they're not related to each other. They're on different tracks. So just an interesting little idea. I mean, look, Jay, you know as well as anyone, this becomes a money thing. Oh, when you've got the the Preds, they sell for eight eighty. You've got the Ottawa Senators, previously viewed as one of the least valuable franchises in the entire league, going for nine hundred and fifty million. That next expansion fee after five hundred from Vegas and six fifty to Seattle, all of a sudden, that starts with a B, as in billion. Oh yeah. Um, who says no to that? No. Well, it's it's funny. The best expansion place for the NHL would be another team in Toronto. It's the one that would make the most money. It would be ideal for them. I get that the Maple Leafs and territory, all that stuff, but whatever. There's three teams in New York. Why there wouldn't be a second team there? It doesn't make sense to me. That would be the best place. Atlantic, Think of all the Leaf haters that live in Toronto that would love something else to cheer for. Yeah. Like the you thing know, a that team that get, might actually have playoff success, like some ooh. of the recent expansion teams. Here, Sorry, here's I, the, it was too easy. Yeah, it's too easy. But here's the thing about Atlanta. They can build an arena all they want. They've had two chances. Like, I would love to know why anyone can tell me why third time's a charm in Atlanta. I'm with you. Like, I think it's, I think having spent a bunch of time in Atlanta, I think it's an absolute shit sports market. Think about it. The Braves, they don't, even in their suburban stadium, they don't sell out playoff games. Yeah. The Atlanta Hawks, the Hawks. they don't, they don't draw well. The Falcons are one of the easiest tickets to get in the NFL. Yeah. It's it's not a pro sports town. 
No. It's a transient big market. And it's only getting bigger, which is why the NHL has wide eyes for it. And they're thinking, well, if we could finally get an owner in there that actually worked. I mean, just listen to the horror stories from Ray Ferraro likes to tell them from the, the Atlanta days. Like, there, it was a disaster. Oh, I don't discount it's a disaster, but you still need now, unless you're going to have an owner who comes in and has an unbelievable ability to know how to market his team. Right. And then is it is it cost effective? Are there enough people that want to spend that type of money to go to an, an NHL game consistently 41 times a year? I covered way too many Thrashers games with 10 and 12,000 people in the building yeah. to think that it doesn't make much no. sense to me. But I'd much rather see them go to an, a mostly untapped market in Salt Lake City, which only seems to be growing and is is kind of becoming its own little travel destination, especially yeah. in the winter. Park hey. City, you know, people love going there. I don't understand. Like Kansas City's had a beautiful facility for a long time. I, I, I'd consider yeah, Kansas City. Well, that was way back when, right in the seventies for a short period of time. I'm not sure. Yeah, you know, I think it's vastly different now than then. But I'd still give them a second chance before I'd give Atlanta a third chance. I'd so. give Houston a first chance before well, yeah. giving Atlanta a third chance. Yeah, I would agree. Just based on market size alone. Yeah, wholeheartedly. So, well, we'll see about expansion. Um, money talks. Uh, to well, me, that's the thing. A billion bucks. Who? I mean, so let's say you're cutting every owner in the league a 30-some million dollar check. That's just for one team, let alone two. Yeah. The NHLPA gets, you know, 40 to 60 new, very highly paid jobs. You've got TV partners that are thrilled to expand into new markets and homes and, and new fans together for content and eyeballs. Like, honestly, who's saying no? So here's my question. When you look at the, how the expansion draft rules were, could they even do two teams at once? Because to lose two guys like that, Frank, at one time, like would teams really want to? I guess maybe there'd be some contracts they could get rid of. Like they probably would have liked this last year when the cap, everybody was so tight against the cap and they were dying for cap space and they would be, you know, putting out five and $6 million players out there just hoping that you would take them. But I, my you know, concern I is actually related to the expansion draft because I just don't think the player pool is talented and deep enough to have 50 new players in the league. I just think it waters down your product. Yeah, but I don't know if the NHL cares overall, right? I think they just look and say, we're getting this much money. The Players Association is like, we're getting this much money. And fans of existing teams are still going to watch. They're like, oh, good. Our team gets to play an expansion team, and maybe it will be point night for us when we go. The NHL players get, other than new jobs, $0. Yeah, but they get new jobs, right? Yeah. It's 50 more opportunities that otherwise didn't exist if there's two teams. But mm -hmm. it's still, that money is going directly in owners' pockets. Yeah. Well, and I think, the, I think they'd love to do it before the next CBA because I wonder at some point the PA might say, hey, wait a sec. We need a piece of the pie in expansion here. And that's never going to happen. No. I got a better chance getting pregnant. <laughs> All right. Hey, let's get to the Metro Division preview. I had lots of feedback on the Pacific one. Let's get to the uh, Metro, and uh, we'll start again on our at the bottom on the way up. Uh, last year, the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, injury riddled season for the Blue Jackets. They finished with fifty nine points, 
They, uh, we, if, if this was a month ago, people would be talking about, well, geez, how are they going to handle their new coach? Well, uh, the new coach uh, screwed up again, and uh, Mike Babcock is out. So uh, now they have a new, head, a new head coach, Frank, that some people thought maybe should have been there in the first place. So I guess let's start in Columbus. Do you think that they will rally around the lunacy of the Babcock departure? I do. First off, every guy in that room has to be thrilled that he's gone. I don't care if Pascal Vincent is the best guy ever, the worst coach ever, whatever it might be. They're like, oh, did we hit the jackpot losing out on Mike Babcock? So that's one. Two, I think this team is is vastly improved. And just by pure health alone, they should be vastly improved. But I, I don't think even if things went really well, I still don't think they're at playoff level yet. Like they've got a lot of growing pains ahead. They've got some really talented young players. And I think to his credit, and I, I you know, smashed him a couple of weeks ago for the whole Mike Babcock fiasco because who could have seen this coming? I mean, everyone could have seen this coming. That... They've drafted incredibly well, it seems like. Denton Matejchuk, David Juracek on the back end, up front, Fantilli. You know, look at, you know, there's a lot to be said about uh, Sillinger and his development path, and maybe they screwed that up. But there's enough young guys there, Kent Johnson, all these guys that are really impressive to add to the group with, you know, Zach Wierenski now being healthy again and Johnny Gaudreau and Patrick Line, like they should be on the upswing. I just think even if they got to that and started to tap some of that potential this year, that it's one year too early. Yeah, that guy, you know, Pascal Vincent, not the most ideal position, but still he'll come in. Uh, Mark Recchi's added to his staff as an assistant coach. You look at their back end. Their back end brings in Severson and Proveroff, right? That's that's significant. Uh, you know, even even Jake Bean, in a sense, because he only played 14 games last year. Like they they were rabid. They had 11 defensemen play at least 13 games, and they had 18 forwards play at least 11 games. Like it was crazy the amount of injuries they had in Columbus last season. Um, they'll be improved on their 59 points. For, like they can improve 20 points, Frank, and still only be at 79. And that's kind of where I see it. Yeah, I think it's easy to see them in the 85 to 88 point range. I just don't think they're still pretty long ways off from a historical playoff number. Yeah, I don't see playoffs for them. Uh, the other team I don't see in the playoffs are the Philadelphia Flyers in your city. Provrov, D'Angelo, and Braun are out. Walker, Stahl, and uh, Zamula, I think, are going to be in on the uh, the back end. Hayes and JVR are gone. Uh, Hathaway, Poling, and, and really Sean Couturier. Uh, you know, I... He, he kind of comes back for the uh, the Flyers. What do you make of the Flyers? And like what they were seventy five points last year. Do they improve? Are they the same? Are they worse? How do you view that team? I think much to their own detriment that they're actually improved. And I understand that, as you mentioned, Kevin Hayes isn't back and Provorov isn't backed, but just having at least right now, a full season of Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson. You still have Carter Hart in net. They've got some young guys that are going to be scrappy. And, and here's the bottom line, and this is 
it's not there's nothing about this that's actually a there's no indictment there's no criticism it's not personal john tortorella is the worst coach for this team i've said it since the day he was hired given where they were heading and it's it's actually the ultimate compliment because he gets his teams he squeezes every drop out of them he he gets more from the collective than he probably should that that's what makes him a good coach it's just that I'm of the belief that the Flyers really need to bottom out. And you see really what happened with Chicago. Look, there's luck involved. There's all those things. But what's the one thing that ties Chicago to some other rebuilding teams that have won a, a generational superstar in a, in a draft lottery? They didn't have any pieces on the ice that could prevent them from getting there. That... It's not, and, and Danny Briere actually talked about it this week again, making the rounds media uh, wise. The Flyers say they're not tanking, and they're not. They're not purposely trying to lose games. My point is, they have too much talent on the ice to prevent them from really actually bottoming out. So more work needs to be done. And the problem for the Flyers, in my opinion, is this just further stalls them from getting, uh, and, you know, Hope you enjoyed the pun there. This stalls them from uh, from getting there. Yeah, I, like I still see them as a very good chance to be a bottom five team, but you're right. They might not get the number one or number two pick. And yeah, you need as many all. good picks as you can get. Yeah, yeah. And the, but, you know, if, if you're a, a bottom five, it depends from year to year. We've seen lots of times. Hey, look at Kale McCarr from his draft class. Colorado lost the draft lottery and arguably won it because they got number four, because I don't know if they would have taken Kale McCarr at number four. So um, I look at the Flyers, and like, do you th- what do you think about the health of Couturier? Can it last all year? Do you have any insight? He that? seems to like look and feel good, obviously missing that much time, not playing a, an NHL game since 2022, that uh, timing's going to be off, things like that. Same thing for Cam Atkinson, but he seems energized. He seems you know, ready to go. So I don't, I don't know if it's, if you can ever really say that a back injury is completely healed. Um, But that's sort of where we sit. Like this is kind of the problem that the flyers are in Sean Couturier. This is only the second year of an eight year deal. Now what? Well, you hope he's healthy. Well, actually like, and this is the worst thing to say. You actually hope he's not he's just further preventing your team from getting to where it wants to go. I think. And he's 30. So the deal expires when he's 37, he'll be 38 that season. It's tough. It's a really tough spot to be in. And then what about guys like Joel Farabee, 23 years old now turns 24 this year. He's got five years left on his deal. At hit, you know, when he's 29 or whatever it is, well, is he too old for where the Flyers are going then? Yeah, he'd be 28 when his new deal kicks in. But yeah, fair question. Um, you know, a lot of it's going to depend on goaltending in Philly, right? What's uh, what's Carter Hart going to do? And their blue line, I, man, I like Proveroff, um as a player. So I think I think they're. I think their defense is worse without him. And so that plays into what you think they need to do to, to be better. So I, I still don't see them in this playoff team. I mentioned they had 
um, you know, 75 points. I see the Flyers coming in around 75 to 80. I don't see them much higher than 80. I was going to say, but would it shock you to see them in like the 82 to 84 range? Like it wouldn't shock me. Just have 75 points add back in Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson. Yeah, but you're taking out Prober off. So, like, but Carter Hart, uh, and we can move on from the Flyers. My thing is, Carter Hart had a really good year last year that people didn't really appreciate. 907 on a team that was 75 point team. It's kind of hard to do. Yeah. Like, I look at the Flyers, they finished 26th in the league, Frank, last year. And I'm not sure any of the teams ahead of them. Uh, well, maybe their next one, like which of the teams ahead of them are they going to catch? That would be my question. And and one of those teams is the Washington Capitals, who were absolutely decimated by injury last year. Um, they they don't really make a lot of changes in Washington, right? Sheary and Johansson and Eller and Hathaway and Craig Smith are out because they just they played so many guys. And you know, Wilson only played 33 games, Backstrom only played 39 games. So you know, you look at those two and you say, okay, they're back. Um, maybe Matthew Phillips might, makes the team, right, as, as a new player. We'll see what happens here. Uh, you know, he's had a really nice goal there the other day in overtime. He's, you know, he's he's done a lot of probably all he can do at the American League level, but we'll see. What like what do you make of the Caps? Obviously, John Carlson's the other one, you know. Uh, he's in Sandine, who only played 19 games. So you look at those two compared to Gustafson and Matt Irwin, I, I think they're improved. If they stay healthy, it's a big if. I ask the same question, improved, and I think you've got a ready-made comeback player of the year candidate and Max Pacioretty once he comes back in November or December. But good or good enough, they're two different things. Yeah, I'm not sure they can be a playoff team, even if they improve. It's You're talking about historically a 14-point turnaround. Yeah. I don't see it. I'll say this about that. I think Sandine, Frank, when, when he went to Washington, I think that's a trade that's really going to work out well for them. And uh, I, I think he's going to be a productive player on their back end. They're an older team. They didn't really get any younger anywhere. And that to me is the concern in Washington. And I'm like, can, because, hey, injuries are one. That's going to be the case. Yeah. Meaning, I think the trade might be okay, but he, John Carlson was out when he oh, yeah. came in. He got opportunity that he's probably not going to get. But you still need guys who can move the puck and, and help you in other ways. That's mm-hmm. what I think helps them, right? Um, yeah, I think that's fair. So, yeah, I'm not expecting him to put up huge numbers because obviously Carlson's back on the power play. But, you know, Ovechkin's got three years left on his deal. Um, they're trying to stay healthy or sorry, healthy, of course, but trying to stay competitive down the stretch for him, right? There's two years left of Backstrom. There's two years left of Kuznetsov. There's two years left of Oshie, you know, Anthony Mantha. I'm sure they, they love to move. He's in the final year of his deal. Dylan Strom was excellent last year for them. You know, they just signed Tom Wilson to that big contract extension. So they're, they're a team that I still believe they're going to try to stay competitive right through the end of Ovechkin's career. And you know what? And then maybe the wheels will fall off and they'll be like, hey, guys, we just gave you two decades of Alex Ovechkin, who by that time we think will be the greatest goal scorer in NHL history. Stick with us and it'll be a lengthy rebuild. But that's kind of how I see it in Washington. And I think they're going to have to have the perfect utopian season to get back in the playoffs. I think that's a really fair way to put it. 
everything you listen to Jim Rutherford with the Vancouver Canucks. If everything goes right, we're a playoff team. <laughs> yeah. It's a big if. If everything goes right for the Caps, they could be a playoff team. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to count they them need, up. They need more though from some of their young guys. Yeah. I'm looking like at Anthony Mantha. I know well, he's not that young anymore. Yeah, but he's an old guy now, and and they're he, they're ready to get rid of him. They were ready to get rid of him a while ago. Yeah. But I'm talking about uh, Fair Vary on the blue line. Um, so you mentioned Sandine. Like they've like they're they've one of the big things that that's hindered them is they've been devoid of young players entering the lineup and giving them a boost and. Part of that's just the cyclical nature of the NHL, right? Yeah. You have a really good competitive team for a long time. You trade away first round picks. You draft really late in the first round. You're going to struggle. But, you know, some of their other guys, Hendricks LaPierre and Connor McMichael and, and these other guys that people have sort of been counting on and looking toward, they're not, they're not doing it. So they no. need more. Yeah. And and they might have to mix them in and give them a chance in their top nine. That might give Matthew Phillips a chance. Yeah. Might as well. Can't hurt. Right. Like you mentioned, Max patch already, give him a chance to fill in your top nine until Max gets back. And if he shows he can play, well, then you've it's found money and then you find a way to slide patch already into your lineup. But so. it's amazing how old they are. Oh gosh. <laughs> They're really old. Their average age of their forwards is 30. Their youngest guy is 22, and they have only one guy under 27. That's it. Yeah. And, you know, Alexi Protas, like, how much does he play? So you're right. It's right. It's an aging team. And then you look at their their back end, you know, is 28, and that's because, you know, Joel Edmondson's going to start injured. And so uh, Alexander Alexiev, who's 23, is likely going to be on your, on your roster every and night. And Sandin, yeah. Yeah, so that makes him a so little bit So you've got young. Carlson, 33, Jensen, 33, Trevor Van Riemsdyk, he's 32. It, you know, you look at it and you're like, holy smokes. Yeah, no, they're old. And they're old by NHL standards, I should say. But, uh, yeah. So where do you see the Caps? They had 80 points last year. I see them in pretty much exactly the same spot that they're in. Who are they going to jump? Yeah, I don't think they're I think they could add five points because of all those points that Boston's going to get back. So I could see Washington maybe at 85, but I could see them jumping the Islanders. If everything Mm. went right. Like I could see, I could see the Metro shaping up. Like you've got your playoff teams and then outside of the mix, the caps are the first team that doesn't make it. And then the Islanders behind them. Hmm. All right. Yeah. We'll get to, uh, no, not really. Well, we'll get to the Islanders in a sec, Frank. Um, I do now. The the next team who currently who is fifth last year missed the playoffs by one point. Of all the teams in the NHL, Frank, there is no team that has made more changes than the Pittsburgh Penguins. So we know what they made the changes in management. So get a pen because it's a long list. Here's who's out: Zucker, Kapanen, Danton Heinen, McGinn, Archibald. Bluger and polling. So there's seven forwards gone on defense, Jeff Petrie, Dumoulin, Ruda, and then DeSmith and goal. So that's 11 guys. Here's their new guys. Riley Smith, Lars Eller, Noel Achari, Matt Nieto, Jansen Harkins, and probably Alex Nylander. And then on the back end, uh, Carlson, huge, 
Graves, and Pro- and, and it looks like it's going to be one of Pissick or Will Butcher who will be in. And then Najelkovic is in goal. So that's a lot of changes. Like, I like Riley Smith. Obviously, I like Eric Carlson a lot. Um, I think Lars Eller and Nolachari probably better suited for what they're looking for. They think Matt Nieto is going to help their uh, their penalty kill. Um, you know, Graves and Carlson are definitely, I think, an upgrade over uh, Petrie and Dumoulin as a duo. I don't think there's any question in my mind there. So I look at the Penguins, and, man, they made a ton of changes. And their core guys, of course, are still there. Latang, Malkin, Crosby, Rust. Um, you know, they're, those top guys are there. Uh, Gensel, of course. So I look at them. They missed the, the playoffs by one game last year. But they also had like one of the more inflicted against yeah. the Chicago Blackhawks, Chicago. which no, just uh, no excuse. Yeah. And they had um, like a very healthy season from their core guys. Like their core guys are really good. It's like the first Jenny, time in six years that Malkin and Crosby played a full season. Yeah. Like that doesn't happen. So where do you see the Penguins this year? I see the Penguins making the playoffs. Me too. But this is the thing. I I just I'm not ready to say that they're in the cup contender conversation yet. I think they've got one obviously excellent player that they're adding in Will in Eric Carlson. I have real questions about how that'll fit, look, feel, especially with Chris Letang. I, I know everyone said, oh, Letang's excited. He wants him to be there. Chris Letang's been the staple on that power play for 17, 18 years. Change like that just isn't going to come easy. Change might have been required. Outside of that, when you go through the list of names of guys that they said goodbye to this summer, most of them, the bulk of them, were from the Pittsburgh Penguins' bottom six forward group that, as I said on Daily Faceoff Live yesterday, quote, did not piss a drop last year. Yeah, they were bad. That's kind of what held them back from from being a playoff team, I think. Well, for sure. So that said, I think the guys that they added to round out that group, which some of it is by necessity because of how their cap is structured, there's still a lot of hope bets. Yeah. Like I I'm sorry, like and I'm not knocking anyone. I'm just I'm you're not going to sell me on Lars Eller. Matt Nieto, I like Nolachari, uh, but I think, you know, he's somewhat one-dimensional. Um, I, I just, the rest of that forward group, as it's been filled out, I'm not, there's nothing that excites me. I think Riley Smith is a great add, but he also didn't really strike me as someone that wanted to leave Vegas. So is there going to be an adjustment period there? And I, I just think they still have some holes that need to be filled. Well, yeah, their bottom six is a question for sure. And um, I, I think, you know, you know why the best thing that happened to the Penguins, Frank, is what we're going to discuss after we bring in Tyler Uremchuk, because that's why I agree with you. I think the Pens are going to make the playoffs. And Eric Carlson's a massive addition. Um, I, I do think the power play, actually, I think it'll be fine. Um, you know, I think Chris Letang will be, will be okay there. You know, there might be a slight adjustment early, but I think, you know, when he sees what Carlson does and he's admitted, it, he's like, Hey guys, this, I'm, we're adding one of the best offensive defensemen of all time. I, what, you know, what was he going to say? No, but I think he has to be realistic too. I think it's fair. Yeah. I think it's accurate. I, I agree. I'm just, 
What happened I'll, on San I'll Jose say that, when, when Eric Carlson played with Brent Burns? Sure, yeah, okay. You would have thought, okay, this is a match made in heaven. This team's going to be unbelievable. Eric Carlson never looked like himself, and it wasn't all due to health. There's no – he was healthy last season, like not this past one, the 100-point year, the one before that. And not to say he was poor or anything, but he had 35 points in 50 games. For the yeah. last part of the year, he was healthy. Yeah, and he was quite good in the last 20 games. But I like the thing about Burns and Carlson was they, they tried to play them together all the time. That was a problem. I look at Scott Niedermeyer and Chris Pronger when they got put together. Look how great that was, right? And so I think there's, yeah, Burns and, and Carlson didn't work. I think a, a part of it was San Jose didn't know how to massage it properly. I think Pittsburgh's going to do a better job. To, to close out our conversation mm -hmm. on Pitt and their bottom six, like I think there were some strokes of genius from Kyle Dubas this summer getting Eric Carlson and dumping simultaneously a lot of the contracts that you didn't want anymore Yes, was an unbelievable transaction. I also think Lars Eller two years at 2.45 is not good. Seven playoff games last year, not a single point. Seven points in 24 games as the Colorado Avalanche in the regular season. He, he looks tired. He looks old. He's 34. Two years? Why'd you need to do that at two and a half million bucks? Nola Chari, like I said, like the player, but three-year term? Yeah, he had him in Toronto. I think he really liked what he brought there, right? So, okay, yeah. but if, did, like when you're struggling in your bottom six and you have limited dollars to go around, why give out term and two million bucks isn't free? No. Well, I thought Achari actually had a pretty decent year in Toronto for, but you know, a three-year okay. deal. You know, it's not crazy. The two million dollars because the cap goes up in the next few years looks even better, right? You know what I mean? I, I don't like, mind that. He'll be I, thirty-four I when the deal's like. I, okay. Sure. Yeah. I'm yeah, just I, saying, I as good as some of the things were, I think there were some head scratchers. And and by the way, I know you need to pay to keep him, but. Tristan Jari has some real significant injury history problems. There. Only once in his career has he played more than 50 games. And you signed him for five years. Yeah, probably because they thought he was the best of uh, of the options, right? But it's fair. That is fair. I think it's that's a valid concern is the health of Tristan Jari. And it is it this question we've asked with all the other teams that are in similar spots, Vancouver, Etc. Calgary. What if? What if this year the Penguins don't make the playoffs? That's tough, man. Really tough for them because that's just another year where Crosby and Malkin and Latang and Carlson are all going to be older by next season. So yeah, I, I think Pittsburgh pushed a lot of their chips in. I think they understand that you know we got to get back in the dance. But it it makes sense to, and it's un, it's understandable. But four more years of Carlson. At ten million, uh, they're hoping, buddy. They're, I think they're betting on if Carlson stays healthy, then the contract that uh, it's crazy to say at ten mil, he's good value if he's healthy. Is this an unfair way to frame the Pittsburgh Penguins for twenty three, twenty four? Boom or bust? I think it's probably too extreme. I'd be surprised. Now, obviously, if they miss the playoffs, but I just don't see how. Like they missed the playoffs by one point last year, and I think their roster is better this year.
So do you, would you feel differently if they made the playoffs and lost in the first round? No, not really. I'd still, I'd say, Hey, they made the playoffs without any production for them. And they should have made the playoffs without any production for their bottom six. Like I just can't see how their bottom six collectively can be that bad again. Hmm. So we'll see. Uh, We'll get to the uh, top four teams from last year who I don't think are going to be the top four teams this year. Uh, But first let's bring in uh, Ty Uremchuk. Ty, how you doing? I'm doing good, boys. I am uh, ready to rock and roll here with a new edition of Buy or Sell. Uh, but first, Frankie, hashtag ring the bell. My baseball team, uh, I don't want to talk about it, but uh, Citizens Bank Park, the bank was electric. So good. Name a better sports town on the planet. You can't do it. Uh, Boston might say, hey, <laughs> hey, wait a second. Wait a second. Oh, with their football team that plays near Rhode Island? Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm not right. going to get into an argument with Frank about this, but uh, I watched a video. Well, we only was... celebrate championships here. 20 yeah, some champ- Like, Sorry, we, we come out thick or thin. At least you didn't pull your pitcher after 47 pitches uh, because it was predetermined. Yeah, Tyler said he to... didn't want to talk about it. He's I know, already... but hey. Ty does it, but that's near what, the cliff. You don't need to push him off. It's one of the dumbest decisions I've ever seen. I love how the manager seemed to acknowledge that it was dumb, and it was almost like he was saying, like, "Hey, I don't have any control here." No, well, I think he, I think he's right. Why I even have a manager then? It's like why have umpires? Let's just go to the old robot strike zone. Hey, bingo. Also, Vladdy Guerrero, you can never be a picked off there. That's one of the worst pickoff plays in, in playoff history. So bad. Oh. So bad. Phil's Braves. That'll be a tough one. Got to be sweating a little bit coming to the old bank. Twenty-four and eleven at Citizens Bank Park since it opened. The best win percentage in Major League Baseball history for any one stadium in the postseason. I love what a diehard you become when it's a baseball playoffs. It's so good. Uh, All right, there's nothing. There's nothing as good as it. And guess what? I was worried going to the game the other night. Pitch clock in the playoffs, first time. There's something to the energy in the stadium, the collective inhale and exhale between pitches and the silence that there is as the ball is being released from the pitcher's hand as everyone is gasping. There's nothing like it in sports. It's awesome. All right, let's dig into buy or sell. I got three loaded up for you guys. I used our friends at Patano to give me some inspiration and some odds for this as well. Let's start with the team you guys started the podcast with, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Patano has them at seven to one to make the playoffs. That is about 12 and a half percent. I guess I want to know, do you buy or sell on 12 and a half percent? Do you think the Blue Jackets have a greater or less chance than that of making the playoffs, Jason? Twelve and a half. Ooh, listen, I was this caught me off guard. I wasn't thinking we'd ask about Blue Jackets. Whew. Well, so you're saying there's a chance. Twelve and a half really isn't that high when we think about it. So I don't. I don't even know what a like a, a low chance would be. But I don't give Columbus a very high chance of, of the playoffs. I would have said maybe one in ten. So that comes right around there, one in eight. So yeah, I'm not that surprised by it. Um, I wouldn't. Uh, you know, I, I definitely wouldn't be betting. I wouldn't. I'm sure the odds are great, so I wouldn't be taking it. But no, I don't. I don't see Columbus like that's a massive jump, guys. Fifty nine points to ninety four or five. It's not happening. So are you going higher or lower than twelve and a half percent? I guess I'll go lower. Lower, Frank. Higher or lower than twelve and a half percent? Buying or selling? Sounds about right. I mean, I'll go slightly higher just to be different. 
All right. You could cook up a scenario in which like the Blue Jackets could be last year's Kraken. Elvis Merzlikens breakout or Daniil Tarasov. Daniil Tarasov's not skating, very injured. Oh. So that ain't going to happen. Uh, hence the Spencer Martin waiver claim. Uh, I mean, I just have a hard time getting them more than 96 points. Yeah. That's the problem. Hey, guys, I won't be surprised if, if Columbus puts in a claim for another goalie thinking that Vancouver won't reclaim Spencer Martin and then they can have in the minors. Hmm? That'd be interesting. What next, makes you say that? Um, because there's better goalie options here that I think are going to come available in the next three, four days. So the old, uh, give it the old Mike McKenna. <laughs> take a guy on waivers and then take another guy on waivers? Yep. Love you, Mike. <laughs> now, because look at Van- Vancouver wanted to get rid of him. Like, they're not going to reclaim him. Yeah. Fair enough. They're definitely not going to reclaim him. They were dying to get rid of him. Next one I got for you is on the New York Islanders. You guys have not talked about yet, so I might be ruining the next little bit of the show, but their over-under for the year is set at 92 and a half. Frank, over-under 92 and a half points for the Islanders this season. Under. Oof, hard under? Like, you didn't hesitate. No, I just, I'm just not a believer in the Islanders. Okay. I can be proven wrong, and Sorokin's going to keep them in the mix, but I, we've seen enough evidence now for a team that like quite literally has not changed at all yeah. to know that unless something drastic changes with the way they play, which is always possible, I guess, coach totally reinvents the system. I'm just not buying it. Okay. Sorokin would have to be a miracle worker. If they make the playoffs, Sorokin will be a slam dunk as the Vesna Trophy winner because that's the only prayer they have. So I will take under. You'll go under as the well. All mother, right. The old Mother Teresa season. <laughs> yeah. Third one here. Uh, last season, Jack Hughes was the highest goal scorer in the division. This year, he is the odds-on favorite at plus 150, followed by Alex Ovechkin at 2-1. to one. Mika Zabinijad and Timo Meyer are in the 3-4 and four slots, both at 4-1. to one. Are you buying or selling Jack Hughes as the leading goal scorer in the division, Jason? Hmm. scored one more than Ovi last year in yeah, but five more games. Like he's, he scored one more than Ovi and Ovi didn't have Backstrom. He didn't have Carlson. Like it's hard to count out the grade eight, man. So um, plus it's kind of like I'm getting the field here and I like Jack Hughes. If, if you would have said Jack Hughes would have the most points, then I think that might've been an easier one, but I will, I will say I will not buy. I will say that uh, someone else other than Jack Hughes leads the uh, division in goals. Timo so Meyer was only buy. three back. Not buy is another way of saying sell. <laughs> That's right. I forgot I the would, word. <laughs> yeah, I would sell as well. First off, the payout is not plus one fifty is no good. Like if it, if you were saying four to one, I Jack Hugh, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I'm in. But only plus one fifty to edge out Ovi. Never get it. You never bet against Alex Ovechkin. Never bet against the greats, I suppose. Um, so there's like go. friends don't let friends drink with Finns. <laughs> You don't bet against Alex Ovechkin. Where did that come from? It's just true. <laughs> you end up on the floor in a puddle. Fair enough. There All is right. some truth to that, dude. I will tell you. I, I've experienced that once. Thankfully, <laughs> I didn't get in the puddle, but I saw a few. There you go. That is a wrap on this week's edition of Buy or Sell. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Which is, I've been waiting for this, Frank. Let's get to the uh, the top four. The t- and um, Jay's horny. Y- you know my stance. I'm not a really big uh, swear a lot, but I but I, I have to say, how the f- is it possible that the New York Islanders? The only lineup change that they have is Zach Parisi's out, who had 21 goals, and Julian Goche is in. How is that possible? Like, they're not the Stanley Cup champions. They had 93 points last year, and they basically, let, well, and, you know, Zach Parise retired. It was his no, choice. No, he didn't. He didn't re- he, he's just, it's not that he retired. It's just that he, they didn't invite him to camp. He's not, yeah. he's not playing. They didn't resign him. Okay. Wow. Has not so, retired. Okay. 21 goals enough. last year. Yeah. And they're like, now nah, we're there. good. A team yeah, that gonna... cannot score. We're like, yeah, we're good subtracting 21. We're, we're bringing Julian Goche. Like, not to say he was going to do it again, by the way, because I thought it was a little bit of an aberration of a season. Sure. But still, you can't, you, you can't score in a brothel with 100 tucked in your pocket, and you're going to say no? Dude. Like here's what I, I I'm just I'm 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 stunned that the organization could look in the mirror and say, you know what, guys, we don't need to make any moves. We're good. Their penalty kill Frank, or sorry, power play has been beyond terrible at a time where offense is raining in the National Hockey League. Raining. And they've done like, tell me why anyone thinks that suddenly their power play is is going to get to even middle of the road. They were 15.8%. Just to get to the middle, they've got improved by 6%. Based Do you want to know what? the worst part? There's no change coming. Like, let's say they miss the playoffs last, this, this season. Let's say, they, let's say they make it and lose in the first round again. Like, a, I, I don't want to say a best-case scenario, but probably a pretty good scenario. Yeah. The whole damn team's coming back again. 
for twenty four twenty five. Well, Clutterbuck and Martin, their contracts are done, right? Would they bring them back again? They have eleven forwards locked up, yeah, and six D. Yeah, plus both wow. goalies. 11, 6, and 2, 19 out of 23 potential roster spots already guaranteed to be back for 24-25. Well, I'll say this. If they miss the playoffs, Frank, they got to change their manager. There's no reason. There's no way they can't. And I think if they change their manager, Dubas just showed us in Pittsburgh, you can be creative. You can come in. You can find ways to move some guys out. That's so, that's the path I see for New York. I, I'm, You know what? Lou Lamarillo has had one of the greatest careers ever in the NHL. I don't debate that. But he's... He's the bus has left the terminal and he's standing there thinking, Hey, we're going to keep winning. Like we did in the nineties with the new Jersey devils. It's not happening. It's not happening. What do you, where do you think that's rooted? Like I've been trying to, this is what I, as you've been talking about it, trying to answer, like, I think the first way they went wrong was firing Barry Trotz. Yeah. Thinking that a coaching change is suddenly going to make a difference with this team. And I think what I come back to is that, it's a flawed roster construction totally. that's been overcommitted to. And yeah. yet one of the real hallmarks of some other GMs that have gone into the hall of fame. And I think the best, the poster boy for this is, is Jim Rutherford. When you make a bad move, you've got to be willing to, to cut ties and move on from it. Thank you. And I just, I'm not we're, we're obviously not seeing it. They're cap strapped. They're technically over the cap today. They're right at the limit. What's the reasoning for not making any move? Is it, is it, is it hubris? Is it arrogance? Is it just a profound belief that other people just aren't seeing or feeling like, what is it that's holding this team back from making a change? I think it's a belief in, you know what? What I have here works. It's just the the players have to play better. And to me, that's the message. It's like, it's not us. We've constructed, we've got the right team. They've just got to be better. You know, now we're going to have Bo Horvat from the start of the season. That's going to make a difference and go down the list. But they just, I don't see, you know, I just don't see how they improve. And like, why suddenly is Barzell and Anders Lee and Brock Nelson, why suddenly are they going to figure out how to score in the power play? Well, I think like, that's kind of how I framed it in buy or sell was we, I, if it, I think we're both on the same wavelength, we've seen enough evidence now to know that they can't No, like, like they I'm didn't make the playoffs it. in 22. They barely made it last year. What, like, where's the change coming? Yeah. I think they're still living in the fact when they went back to back conference, championships with a lot of these guys and they're like you know what we can do it last two years so 2022 season 24th out of 32 in goals for last season 23rd yeah can't do it like and and the thing is they have an elite goaltender like i said if they make the playoffs yeah Soroka fifth in goals down. against fifth yeah. out of 32 in goals against last year and the year before that they're uh 10th as Sorokin yeah. was just getting his feet wet and to me, Frank, that's how they, that's how Lou Lamorello's won with sound defense. And that's great. But the, the game uh, now, I, I was looking at teams, you know, the teams who win, it's, it's like the biggest misnomer. People keep saying, well, Edmonton, you know what? They're going to have to sacrifice offense to lower their goals against. It's actually not true, right? Um, 
if you look at the teams that finished top 10 in points the last two years, there's more of them in the top 10 in goals than there are in top 10 in goals against, right? So offense now in the NHL, sure, you want to limit your goals against, don't get me wrong, right? That's obviously nice, but you need to be able to score. What have the Islanders done that shows they can score? Sure, they can still defend, but they can't score. And I don't see, I don't see uh, a big reduction in power plays. I honestly think that's what they're hoping is. Well, maybe the NHL is not going to call power plays as much. So our terrible power play won't be as impactful for us. And we'll be able to win more games five on five. It's It's a bet. There's a lot of gambling going on in the Metro, whether you want to view it that way or not. Islanders gambling. Big bet on the same team. Trip, they've tripled down on the blackjack table. Quadrupled down. Yeah. The Penguins making big bets in their bottom six and with Eric Carlson on their back end. I mean, there's there's a lot going on here. Yeah. It's like when Frank's at the casino and he likes to double down. Got to win your doubles. Eight. You win your doubles, you have a good night. Yeah, if you win them. So I, the I don't Rangers, have the... Are the Rangers gambling? See, now... Uh, we'll, we'll get to the Rangers um, right now. So, cause here for now, the Rangers are unique because the guys that are gone weren't necessarily there. They were there at the end of the year, but they weren't there all year. Tarasenko, Kane, Tyler Moth, they're Pretty gone. They bring pieces. in Wheeler, Benino and Pitlick, right? Mikkel is out on defense. Eric Gustafson is in. So they might have a little bit more puck moving ability on their third pair. Their top four defense are great. They're, they're not going to change. I look at the Rangers. I see them as a playoff team. No question in my mind. Um, you know, I like their goaltending. Obviously, I, I think their goaltending is fine. They got enough offense across fine. the board. Their goaltending I, is elite. I really like their defense. You know, with Adam Fox. You have Fox. questions about Jonathan Quick, though. Yeah, okay, fair. Yeah, their backup, that could be fair. To me, I look at the, the big question I have in New York is, will we see, like, Capo Caco, Alex Lafreniere, Treidel, will – Will one or two of those guys have a significant improved role and will they earn it or will they be given an opportunity to earn it? That to me is the bigger question. Uh, they, I think turning. they've been given a ton of opportunity. Okay. I don't so think, don't think they're lacking in a, an opportunity. I think they've struggled. And I don't think it's fair to collectively, like Filipino, we know what he is now. Last year, yeah, he's 22 goals, 45 points. Yeah, fair. Capo, Caco, and Lafreniere. What are they? But guess what? We've been asking this question for like two seasons now. Yeah. Well, I would argue that neither guy should have been in the NHL at the age they were. So let me just state that. So okay, I don't think that was great also management. Previous previous regime. Yeah. So, and that can take a while for guys to to regain. Everybody everybody talks about needing this experience and stuff, and they always over overlook the fact that if you crush a player's confidence. Sometimes they never recover. And sometimes it takes a long time to get their mojo back. And these guys are big guys who obviously had the advantage of being a little bit bigger than everybody they played with in junior, right? And so now they come to the NHL and guess what? They're not dominating. So now you got, and they might never dominate, right? Like not every top pick dominates at the NHL level. We've seen that time and time again, but they might just be really good third line players, which there's nothing wrong with that. You can make a 900 game career out of being a good third liner. It's, it's a great job and it, you know, it means you're a really good player, but I'm curious to see, like they had 18 and 16 goals last year, respectively with Kako and Lafrenia. So it's not terrible, like, but can they jump up to 24, you know, 25, 
right? The thing is like capital, you know, he had no goals in the power play and that's where you're going to get extra goals, Frank, right? Like his production, actually, the more I look at his goals, it's actually pretty decent. But if you're not scoring on the power play, you know, that's the one where a has got to get more minutes or B has got to figure out how to score on the power play. Okay. Let's have some real talk about these guys. I think the New York Rangers more than anything, were just, they got luck in the lottery, but we're victims of shitty timing. I just, okay. I just don't know that these guys are that good. Is that, well, I'm not, like, I'm not saying that they can't improve or, no. and I'm not saying obviously that they're not NHL players, but we looked at them as franchise pillars because they're number one and two overall picks. Yeah. No. What if they're just not? And what if the draft class just wasn't that strong? I'll say this about Capo Caco. When I look at, and I, I do it a lot on the history of young European players, like most of them, very few, Frank, are, are really showing high levels. Like keep in mind, Ovi didn't come till he's 20. Malkin was even older, right? Like there's very few Euros that come as teenagers and have instant success, right? Like they're not playing on that ice. It's a total different game. So Capo Caco, I'm still like, you know what? This guy's young. You know, Alex Lafreniere is maybe the one where you're like, oof, I thought he would be a little bit more advanced now. I think that's fair, right? I'm not going to throw There's him to the There's something there. Like, I saw him at World Junior. Like, I, I watched. He's a gamer. Like, he's got compete. I just, I don't know if he skates well enough. Is he fast enough? Yeah, and that's, you know what? That's something where sometimes, you know what? Superstar players like he was, like, you, you've got to you got to take a long look in the mirror sometimes. Be like, okay, I might have to change some things. I got to I might have to change my style, or I might not be the dominant player I thought I was going to be. Right? He Maybe can still we be- just have unrealistic expectations for guys because of the draft slot. That's all I'm some saying. Some people do. I'm not. I'm not. Again, they fifty points, forty points. Like it's not. It's definitely not nothing. I'm just saying we no. we looked at them as franchise pillars. These are going to be the guys that the New York Rangers rest upon for the next decade. And I, I think at this point now, you know Lafreniere, he, he's entering his fourth season. Paco, yeah. same thing. But you know what's you, great about it, Frank? Paco's entering his fifth season. Sorry. Like it's, if you elim- eliminate where they were drafted. If you look at their production to their contracts, they're really good value, really good value. You could say that about almost any entry level player. No, 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 but no, no, no. Look, they're at 2.8, $2.1 million. They scored. Right. Because they got bridged because they're right. Yeah, I get it. But that regardless of why they're bridged, my point is it's two years for Lafreniere. You get two years. Lafreniere scores you 20 goals and that's all he scores. Maybe he's never going to live up to number one status. But the Rangers have actually put themselves in a good spot here where Alex Afrenia should have no pressure of trying to live up to a contract, right? They've got some stars in Panarin and Fox and Shesterkin where people aren't looking at them to carry the franchise. They're actually in a good position if they can just produce. And you know what? Like if they produce 20 goals each this year at what they're getting paid and 50 points, I think that's I think that the Rangers would actually be pretty happy with that. Speaking of value, I don't think there's a better dollar for point ratio this year than Blake Wheeler. Uh, potentially, yeah. 800K, man. It's going to be hard. To and it. last year, are you kidding me? 55 points? Come on. Yeah. So where do you have here's, the Rangers? Here's my big question. I like the Rangers a lot. I'm a big believer in their forward group. I think they can play with speed, creativity, difficult to play against. 
My big question on in New York is, last year in the playoffs, what happened? With even more reinforcements, Tarasenko and Kane, and I know Kane wasn't himself. Yeah, Kane still, was himself. Even if you're only asking for top nine production, what? why, why wasn't there more from New York? That's my only... It leaves me with a lingering feeling of, geez. Yeah. Well, Patrick Kane's health, I think, was a major factor because that guy is an absolute killer. Well, what? That doesn't healthy. explain the rest of everyone else. Yeah. Panarin, Zibanejad, Kreider, Trocek. We're like, I don't know. I'm just at, it, like, it I, I think you with a, a question of what are they? Yeah. See, I have the Rangers as a playoff team, I don't have them as a cup contending team. Okay. I'm just on the outside, Frank. Like they, they're kind of like our eighth to me, which is a good team. But I think there's better teams that are a little bit more well-rounded than that. I think that you're saying eighth overall in the whole league. I, yeah. I would say that's a very fair assessment. Yeah, that's kind of where I see them. I think they're good, but I, I put up their best offensive players against the other teams that I think are in the top seven, and I, I don't see them in the same level. I think that's very fair. Yeah. Now we go to the New Jersey Devils who uh, had 112 points last year, broke out finally after basically a decade of not being very good, excluding the Taylor Hall Hart Trophy season. Other than that, the Devils weren't good. But you know what? They took a big step last year. Now they're going to have a full season of uh, of Timo Meyer, which I, I like Devils fans, Timo Meyer is going to be a lot better than what you saw last year. He's a really good player. He better be. Uh, he's exactly, I think, what they want. I, I think he's going to be good. You know, Palat being healthy to start the year, I think, helps. They got to Foley. So they got a mix of veterans, Frank. Guys like Platt and Toffoli who have won. You know, Meyer early in his career may have had a lot of playoff appearances. And then they've got Jack Hughes and Brad. Like, I like their mix. Um, you know, Nosek as a fourth-line center I think is good. Um, I do think they downgraded their defense, though. Severson and Graves out. Colin Miller. And I, I like Luke Hughes. He's a young guy. But young guys are young guys come playoff time. And so I think New Jersey, Frank, is a top team. But I'll be curious about their blue line in the postseason. I love the New Jersey Devils. Cup contender. Cup contender. There will so be, aside from maybe the Oilers and McDavid and Dreisaitl, there will be no more fun team to watch in the league this year than the Devils. Fair or unfair? Real? Well, I don't know. I, you Colorado. just haven't watched enough Devils, man. Yeah, Colorado. Well, they play fast. I'll give they you that. They fly. Play they're fast. creative. Yeah. They're young. They're exciting. They're not like they're not uh, like they've got passion. Luke Hughes, like our Jack Hughes, excuse me. Um, I, I'm I'm a believer in the Devils. Yeah, but I think what you're saying, the like you didn't mention their goaltending, and I guess yeah, and with how fickle the position is, like you could ask that about almost every team we do this with. Yeah, aside from like Sorokin, Shesterkin, and the five guys you can count on. And not keep you up at night. Yeah. But Vanacek and Schmid, I think, is a legitimate question mark. Fair, but it's also legitimate where one of them could be this year's Aiden Hill and no one would blink an eye. I don't know about that because I don't, I think with the changes that they made with their defense core, I don't think their defense is as strong. Yeah, I agree. That's fair. So they have to rely on them more. Ah, okay. Good I, I do. I, like they, I don't think like you're going to sit here and tell me that this New Jersey defense core is as good as Vegas. I, I'm sorry. That's a no. No. Well, see, that's why Frank, I don't have them. Like I have them as a playoff team. No problem. I think they're probably a 110 point team, maybe more. 
But my Luke concern Hughes will be Simon Nemich. Um, I'm not concerned. I think by the time you hit 60 games this year, you're not going to have any more questions about those two guys. All right. They're that good. Okay. All right. So are are they uh, – them and Carolina are, are going to be meeting in the second round? Is that what you're telling me? A Most lot. likely. Yeah, yeah. So that, we get to the Hurricanes. And you know, Carolina, my goodness, it's hard to find a more steady organization. Now, they made some changes, Frank. Orloff and D'Angelo on the back end. Like, Does anybody have a better Hunting? top six? No. Yeah. They've got the best decor in the league, and it ain't yes. even close. Like Chatfield's probably their number seven, for goodness sakes. And he's and good. And they like him a lot for his yes. – for their scheme and structure. Yeah. So, and they brought in Bunting and Lemieux guys who can be pests and jerks. You saw them going at it, you know, at each other in in training camp, for goodness sakes. I love it. Like the one thing about Carolina I've always felt is they've got a lot of, they're a really balanced team, but they got too many of the same guys. I was going to say, I I could do this segment for you and just pretend to be you. Yeah. Improved team, but probably in your eyes and a lot of others and tell me if I'm wrong. They didn't solve their actual biggest problem, which is a true yes. difference maker. Yeah. Hard to find, but that's what they need. I'm going to push back against that notion. Okay. I think they really, really missed Tara Vinen last year in the playoffs. You could see almost everything about them seemed to crumple after that injury. And I think this team is no different than the Caps, the Blues, uh, probably some Penguins teams in that for the last five years now, essentially four years, they've been good enough to win the Stanley Cup and they haven't. And my theory, and I'm I'm a big believer in this, is that you bang your head against the wall enough times, eventually you're going to break through. And at some point it's going to happen and we're just going to be like, yep, okay, that makes sense. And I just don't buy into the notion that they need that, you know, go back to the Blackhawks teams of Taves and Kane or whoever it might be. Who's going to get you that one big money goal when it comes to the playoffs? Could be anyone. Yeah. Could be anyone at any time. Maybe. I, hey, Carolina getting to the conference final won't shock me at all. Carolina winning the cup would. Unless Frank, but they got to the conference final last year. Yeah, I know. That's why it won't be a surprise to me at all. I think they're that good, but to go deeper, I think you need a game breaker. I think you just need luck. Look like they went to the conference final last year without their top volume shooter. Yeah. Well, sure. Okay. I just subscribe to the notion that Tom Dundon has put out there. He's mentioned it on frankly speaking. We want to be good every single year. We want a chance to win every single year. Well, name a team a in the league that has as consistent of, of an ability and plan. And this year in particular is kind of make or break. Look at their UFAs. Brady oh, Shea, Brett Pesci, Tony D now back, one year deal. I mean, Tara Vinan's entering the last year of his deal. Big deal this summer getting Ajo locked up long term. 975. That was a whopper but still probably underpaid. Well, Frank, here's here. And I I don't want to make Carolina fans upset, but you say, bang your head, bang your head, eventually break through. Ask the San Jose Sharks, man. They had lots of really good rosters. The one thing the Sharks never had was a consistent goalie. Consistently, Nabokov had some okay years. That was their weakness. And Carolina, I think if they don't go out and get another big time forward, 
um, before the deadline. I think they're going to look back in June and be like, damn, we were super close again, but we have the same issue. Fair. I just, like I said, the Blues team that finally won, the Caps team that finally won, both those GMs would probably tell you we had better teams before that lost. At some point, it just happens. Yeah, no, they got lucky for sure. The Blues came out of nowhere. They're like in 29th place. Carolina's not going to be in 29th yeah, place. Yeah, but for 10 so. years, the Blues had an authentic cup chance to win every year. They lost in the first round some years, second round. Yeah. Like, Nah, I've go back and look if they were like, like Carolina's, 12, I think. 12, 13, 14. Tell me those Blues teams weren't absolutely legit. They lost to the Blackhawks, the Kings. Yeah. Like, they lost to some really good teams. Mm-hmm. Fair. So I know Carolina, I have them first in the division. I won't be surprised if they win their division and get to the final four, but I don't see them winning the cup. All right. So Jason Greger, Tage Thompson and Buffalo Sabres fan club, Carolina hurricanes hater, just no. writing it down for everyone to know. Yeah. Write it down, write it down and don't wear the Hartford Whalers jerseys again. Okay. Stop it. Stop it. Sacred. <laughs> Frank. It's a good recap. So I like it. How many, how many Metro teams do you have making the playoffs? Uh, I have four. Carolina, New Jersey, New York, and the Penguins. We agree, which sucks, but that's how it is. Frank, have a great weekend. Uh, we'll get to the Central and the Atlantic next week. Of course, also uh, on Monday, there should be some interesting names on the waiver wire. We'll see who's gone through over the weekend. And then we're getting set for the puck drop next Tuesday in the National Hockey League. Thanks for listening to the DFO Rundown with Saravali and Gregor. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. All right, hockey fans, listen up, because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? 
For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.